0: Greetings and welcome to another edition of AUHSD Future Talks. I'm your host, Superintendent Michael Matsuda, Superintendent of the Anaheim Union High School District, and we have over 7,000 listeners and several hundred uh, viewers of our uh, podcasts, and we've been blessed with so many amazing thought leaders, from teachers and students to college presidents and CEOs, uh, all talking about the future of education. And I can't Imagine someone uh, who can speak to this issue more than our next guest, Alex Cotran, who heads up uh, a national group called A.I.E.D.U. Alex, welcome to our little show.
1: Michael, thanks for having me.
0: Um, You know, we always start, Alex, with just getting to know a little bit about our guests. And um, how did you arrive to become the head of such an amazing uh, national organization, A.I.E.D.U.?
1: Yeah. I mean, I, so I, I, kind of fell into it. Um, my, it's so my background is in politics. I, I grew up in Ohio. My parents are both immigrants, um, from Lebanon and they're also both educators. Um, but I, I didn't have an interest in education when I was in school. I, I, I thought I wanted to go and work in DC or, or work in politics or maybe be a lawyer. Um, so I went to Ohio state, I majored in, in political science and, um, the, the early part of my career was, was actually in politics, working for the Obama campaign and then later for the Obama administration Um, and after the administration ended, I, like many of my colleagues went out to San Francisco to work in the tech sector. Um, that was, you know, it was the place to be as, as we were all seeing. And this is, you know, like, uh, as artificial intelligence and big data and cloud computing were all kind of coming to a head. Um, and so I was working for a number of tech companies. People have heard of Airbnb, Oracle. Um, and I found my way, uh, uh, to an AI company called H5, and they were basically building, uh, AI services for lawyers uh, in like high-stakes litigation, and I was hired to basically stand up a corporate social responsibility function to uh, educate the legal system, specifically judges and lawyers, to better understand how AI is currently being used and could be used in the future um, in the legal system. And, and I had this sort of like one of very few light bulb moments in my life. I had a conversation with my, with my mom. I just attended a, a, some AI conference and one of the panelists there was talking about how, you know, AI is a new electricity. And they were talking about how it's going to be displacing millions, maybe hundreds of millions of people um, in the near future. And I was just kind of t- just musing with my mom about how big of a deal this seems like it is. And she she commented, she's like, oh, I, it's so interesting. I wish my kids were learning about this. And the thing to know about my mom is she teaches, uh, she's a, well, she's a principal now, but she taught math uh, for 25 years in Akron Public Schools at, in an entire school in um, Northeast Ohio. And Akron is actually literally on the list of like cities that are most at risk for uh, job displacement due to automation. Wow. And it, it just struck me that, you know, in Silicon Valley, it's a, it was a sort of a foregone conclusion that AI is going to transform the world and that there's some really practical things that people need to know. Um, and yet the future workers, who are the you know, people who are actually on the front lines of a lot of the disparate impacts aren't learning about this. Like they're not hearing about the future of work. That's not even... It turns out at most most high schools, they don't even talk about the future of work, let alone artificial intelligence. And so, you know, thus AIEDU was born. It was basically this idea that, you know, everybody needs to have some basic fundamental understanding of this technology that's going to be a part of everyday life. And so that was back in 2019. And, you know, we were really working at this for for Four years, and and for 3.8 years of that time, you know, we we were we were really fortunate to have the opportunity to meet with, you know, school districts and school leaders who are who were truly pioneers and early adopters in in AI education, including Auhsd. But most folks just kind of like like, hear our pitch and assume that oh yeah, this is like the metaverse or like NFTs or crypto or you know all these other emerging technologies that we kind of heard a lot of buzz about and then kind of fizzled. Um, and then chat came out and what, what ChatGBT demonstrated for everybody is that this is actually a mature technology. This is a technology that is, is not a, the realm of futurists, but really in the realm of like every, every person is, is, has some way that they could be using a tool that can write and think and, well, maybe you can think, but it can certainly write. And It can certainly do complex tasks. I mean,
0: we're going to get more into that question with ChatGPT, yeah. yeah. but I do want to back up a little bit. Um, you're just uh, you're an incredible thinker and thought partner, and uh, and you're putting what I would call positive tension on K twelve education because AI is all about AI Edu is really uh, helping to create spaces and experiences curriculum on this awareness phase. Could you tell us a little bit more about AIEDU? And we've started to use the curriculum that your nonprofit has created. Could you tell us a little bit more about the, the services AIEDU offers?
1: Yeah, it's interesting. You, you talk about positive tension. I would actually say that our core thesis as an organization is um, to make AI literacy as easy and accessible to every teacher in the country as possible. And so our, from the very beginning, we built specifically for the schools that we knew were otherwise likely to be the last to get access to AI education. So we, we worked with Title I schools in some of the poorest districts in the country. Um, and our approach was basically build curricula that is aligned to core subject standards and content uh, that, that you know, English, science, social studies, math teachers are, have to teach in addition to computer science and CTE. Uh, make all that curriculum completely free And design it so that it could work out of the box without professional development as a prerequisite. So don't expect teachers to become subject matter experts in order to be able to teach AI, but rather empower teachers as facilitators and guides uh, to help students explore the technology and how it intersects with their own life in sort of relatable, practical ways. Um, And so, so yeah, we build free curriculum. Um, we, We also believe really deeply in the power and importance of educators, and so... Uh, a massive area of our work is teacher professional development and capacity building, basically just equipping teachers, not so much to become AI subject matter experts, but to build like a basic fluency and understanding so that they can just stay on top of all these developments that, you know, today are happening really, really fast.
0: You know, I'm really um, appreciative that you're kind of working from the bottom up because oftentimes when policy is developed and this is still a fairly for the United States, I mean, they're trying to get their ha- heads wrapped around the effect of AI. I think every industry, everybody's uh, looking at it. But you, you guys are you have a lot of uh, sort of boots on the ground in terms of what you're trying to develop um, and trying to uh, come in from an educator's point of view. Um, so is AI a content area or is it a tool? How would you respond to that? Because some people think of it as a content, some people think it's just a, a massive new way of uh, delivering and uh, teaching and learning. So,
1: yeah, I mean, so the analogs are, are, are tough because AI is, we've never really had a tool that's as multifaceted as AI is today. Um, I think the closest analog though is, is the internet, right? So is the internet a content area? Sure. Uh, you can imagine classes where you build, learn to build websites, learn to use and build mobile applications. Um, you know, almost any computer science class is uh, in some way going to incorporate the Internet uh, into, the, into their learning and the content. Um, but it's obviously also a tool that you use in every class. Um, and it's probably more tool than it is a content area. If you think about, you know, 90, I think 90, something, something, 94% of Americans don't work in STEM fields. Um, and what's but but they but hundred percent of Americans use the internet are or, or pretty close to it right. and so AI right. is something similar there um, mm-hmm. and so we think every teacher every class in some way should be addressing AI if not incorporating the tools
0: so let's go to the chat GPT because now we've set that up I mean do is that the tool that should be from your you, you've talked to a lot of superintendents you've talked to a lot of teachers across America and that's the big debate and we are seeing districts that are banning are attempting to ban Chat GPT. I mean, our district is not one of those. But um, what are you hearing from the field
1: regarding this
0: very powerful tool?
1: Yeah, this is a tough one. I mean, people often ask us, like, "Oh, should we unblock Chat GPT?" And you know, I think it's not. There's not like a quick answer to that because it's you know, I, again, going back to the internet. Um, you know, imagine just putting a student in front of Google with no other context and they can just search for anything. Mm-hmm. You know. You can't guarantee that there's going to be a good outcome. There's actually a lot of bad outcomes that could happen if a student just has un- unrestricted access. Um, I-, I think that's why we don't we don't look down on schools that have banned chat GPT because in most cases, the schools that we talk to that have banned it, it's not that they're like, we don't want our students to have access to AI. It's just that, hey, we want to pa- press on the brakes. We don't understand this. We want to make sure that we fully are, are grappling with the potential risks, how do we build awareness and capacity to actually use this tool properly and effectively? And, and also, frankly, like, how do we address the potential impacts on assessments and, you know, and student cheating? And so um, I would say that it, it it makes sense for schools to try to understand and make sure that teachers are equipped to understand the tool before, you know, let's say they they take their foot off the brakes, but longer term, I mean, it's the same, again, back to the internet, you know, it's hard to imagine a student not being proficient in the internet and being competitive in today's job market. Um, That's going to be the case, you know, tomorrow, like not five years from now, but even two years from now, where like, if you are not a proficient user of AI tools, um, you will be out competed by students who are. And my worry is that the students that go to private schools and the STEM high schools and the districts that have those technologists where forward thinkers are more likely to have to have access and to be maybe, maybe interacting with AI after school or informal contexts. And, you know, there, we have a recipe for even more, um, you know, inequity, uh, being driven by technology. And at the same time, there's also this huge opportunity because the barrier to entry is so much lower for using AI tools that we can actually, circumvent a lot of the challenges and barriers that we experience with computer science education, where there are no prerequisites to use ChatGPT. Like, there are prerequisites to actually building uh, a program that's really interesting or or, or coding a game. Um, So kind of a long answer to your question, but...
0: um. Well, it's a complex... It's not a yes or no, as you pointed out, uh, answer, right? But what I'm hearing is overarching, uh, a careful yes... Uh, of course, you want to bring Google into the classroom. you want to teach kids uh, how to use Google and there's um, an ethical component here. Could you talk a little bit about how you see the um, the ethics falling behind because this is one thing I see is uh, a lot of the like uh, some of our partners uh, you know in the higher ed uh, are not really teaching the ethics of this amazing,
1: powerful tool. Yeah, it's actually interesting if you look at um, computer science majors, and uh, I don't have the actual stats, but I was just talking to uh, someone who was majoring in computer science at, you know, a top school, and, you know, AI ethics is a, a an elective, mm-hmm. and it's a separate course, mm-hmm. and I think, I think what's, you know, the way we approach AI ethics is... You, it, it's, it's sort of ingrained across all of our curricula. Like you should you should be teaching ethics and frankly, like sort of safety and digital literacy in tandem with whatever the tools and the technologies are. Um, it's also powerful because the ethical questions are actually one of the most accessible ways that people can begin to engage in the conversation about AI because you don't actually need to know how chat GPT works to have a position about whether it should be used to, um, you know, uh, uh, replace journalists, for example. Um, You don't have to understand how AI works to say, I don't think AI should be replacing a judge. Um, And those are questions that we're actually grappling with as a society. And so it's a... Can
0: AI replace teachers, Alex? Do you see AI replacing teachers?
1: I think that if... I think in a society that doesn't value teachers or... The holistic benefits of education, sure. Um, and and there are countries where you can you see images of like thousands of kids in a giant warehouse in cubicles with headphones on. Um, but I think that that will that will prove out to be ineffective because education is not just about building factual knowledge, especially today where factual knowledge is going to be even less important given what AI. <clears throat> Do. So, so replace teachers know. I think it can augment teachers and I think it can help professionalize the profession. I don't think teachers actually enjoy you know, a lot of the mundane aspects do, of Do you the think art.
0: that if uh, a country continues to focus on standardized tests, though, the outcome is less whole child education and therefore, because um, if you focus on standardized testing, you can, there are algorithms and actually already AI can, can teach those. Uh, teach the test. Do you think that's a a disconnect or maybe a problem uh, in this country?
1: yeah, that's an that's a really interesting way to think about the question of standardized testing is if it's the case that a an AI tutor would be the best tool to prepare a student for a standardized test, what does that tell us about the like the, the skills that those standardized tests are actually building, and are those aligned to the skills that you need to be successful? Um, you know, I mean, like GBT four is better than eighty percent of test takers on a lot, like over a dozen standardized tests, including, I believe, the GRE and AP Biology, um,
0: MCAT, and the LSAT too. Right? Yeah. Um, so it is scary in terms of. I I personally feel if um we don't double down on holistic whole child education preparing young people for emotional intelligence relational intelligence collaboration communication all the things we call the five C's um, that's the way forward for education because content is going to be uh, incre- like the phone with the everything's in the phone you need to still ask the right question right you need to have that critical, thinking lens to ask ChatGPT the right input right? so you can get um, um, a product that is going to be qualitative. And I think that's what we need to teach. uh,
1: The bad news is generative AI is going to accelerate this significantly. So we no longer can think about this as a five to ten year problem. This is a two to three year problem. Um, The good news is What you just described to me is something that a lot of districts already have. Like districts have been thinking about how do we revise our approach to education to include all of these skills that are going to be important 21st century, 21st century skills. Right. So um, all the AI doesn't change what those 21st century skills need to be in most cases. Um, It does increase the urgency to actually prioritizing them. And so, again, the good news is we have the building blocks already there. The bad news is we really need to double down on a focus and, frankly, an investment in helping teachers and, and probably policymakers as well kind of think about, like, how does education need to change? And it does need to change.
0: So you had mentioned a few states that are kind of out in front or moving more rapidly than others and within that, obviously, district. So what are they doing that maybe we can learn from in California?
1: Yeah, we you know we don't have like the full map uh, yet, but um, we've worked uh, closely with the state of North Carolina and Ohio, um, and I'll talk about Ohio because that's what I'm most familiar with and, as an Ohio, and I'm uh, it's, it's near and dear to my heart. Um, uh, two years ago, Ohio started to uh, revise their computer science standards, and as part of that, they integrated AI literacy into computer science in K through um, 12. And AIED actually was on a working group that actually helped to sort of inform the creation of those standards. Um, and I think what I'd say is that's really important. It's also a powerful approach because many, many states have existing computer science standards that are ripe for, you know, it's low-hanging fruit that we can easily sort of integrate this. Um, the challenge is standards are not sufficient, um, because as you mentioned, the standardized testing, um... There's a lot of other components that go into what are teachers spending their time teaching in the classroom, and just because there's a new standard from the state doesn't mean that it's a, it's turning into curriculum in the classroom. Like you need model curricula, you need to build teacher capacity, you need more funding to support PD programs at the state level, at the federal level, um, and so I think there's really like a constellation of of policies and 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 and, and initiatives that need to happen together, um, but. But yeah, I am mean, curious in, in California, I mean, do you, are you seeing, you know, movement at the state level that sort of is supporting the work that AUHSD is doing, or have you been kind of working a little bit ahead of where the, where the state is?
0: Well, I think both. I think there is interest in working with us. We are very interested in developing some pilot frameworks. Um, and uh, we have been in contact with the uh, uh, Department of Education. But there's, as you know, there's so many disconnects. Right. One of them being uh, teacher uh, credentialing preparedness Uh, there. Another one just, uh, you know, the uh, I mean, that's one of the main ones. But the partnerships with community colleges and the world of work, right? The world of work is so far ahead of higher ed. even so there's a lot that we need to catch up with in the moments that we have left. And I encourage our audience to visit your website, AIEDU, and, and to look at these free resources. It's just amazing. And our, as I mentioned, our teachers, especially at Kennedy, where we have, uh, we are developing an AI pathway and incubating it for the entire district. Um, what are the two or three things that you see ahead for AIEDU?
1: Um, honestly, it's it's really all the things that we're that we're envisioning are. Built on district partnerships, partnerships with school districts and educators who um, we want to make sure are at the forefront. Like we try to stay in the background as much as possible because this isn't about like one organization can't solve this problem for the country, and there frankly isn't one silver bullet solution at the federal level. Like this is going to have to have to happen district by district, state by state. Um, so our work is really identifying who are those early pioneers and early champions. Like where who are the Auhsts of Ohio, of Maryland, of Florida. Um, And just like AUHSD is seeding conversations with other districts in your region, uh, we see the opportunity there. Um, We also just want to build a lot more content. I mean, the the, the capabilities that ChatGPT and Dolly and MidJourney and other generative AI tools unlock is really profound. And, um, you know, I see over the next, over the coming years, building curricula that, really put the students in the driver's seat and you know it's not unfathomable that you know in two years students are going to be creating live action anime series about george washington or isaac newton instead of writing a book report um and that's really exciting you know being able to actually improve education while also building proficiency in the tools um is it it could be really impactful.
0: Well, there's some exciting things ahead, Alex. Every time I talk to you, there's a lot of new ideas and new energy coming out of you. And we're so proud of our partnership between AUHSD and AIEDU. We, we look forward to uh, potentially bringing you guys in town and maybe doing some sort of regional work together in the coming year. So uh, more to come on that, right, Alex?
1: <laughs> exactly. More to come. Stay tuned. Yeah. Okay, on
0: behalf of our 27,000 students and our board of trustees and our amazing, amazing teachers, 1,300 teachers out there, thank you so much, Alex, for everything you do and leading the way for AI in this country. Yeah, thank you for having
1: me.